Hey, hey, happy new year. I'm actually still back here in old 2023, but all of you listeners are on the other side in 2024. So happy new year to you all. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. And now that that's over with, let's start thinking about the new year. What are your goals for this year? Have you done your homework? I asked you last time whether you had any New Year's resolutions for this year. And is it improvement related? Like, I'm sure most of you have thought it's going to be some kind of rank goal. But maybe there's another kind of goal for this year that is that has less to do with your go rank. Maybe something to do with involvement. Are you maybe trying to go to a club or even start a club? Maybe try attending your first in-person tournament? Or maybe you just want to teach someone new or introduce someone to the game of Go. I actually had the opportunity to do that this past holiday break. Uh, I was in the car with my girlfriend's nephew and we had a little bit of time to kill. So I whipped out my phone and opened up my Go app. And he's about 11, 10 years old. And I just showed him this 9x9 grid and I just kind of showed him a little bit how, how the stones interact and how they get captured and just let him take turns with me. And of course, teaching a kid for the first time, I want to have him experience the the nice feeling of capturing stones. So I, I tried to play poorly. And it was an interesting challenge because I'm not used to trying to play poorly. And what I found interesting was that the best way for me or the most effective way for me to play poorly was for me to play bad shape, little empty triangles, little bulky dumpling shapes. And that was the way I was able to lose my stones. And it was an interesting thought experiment because it's like I, I didn't want to scatter my stones randomly throughout the board because those, those could actually end up synergizing in a way if, uh, he's not careful he he may have trouble killing some of my groups so i think that that does definitely give a little bit of light on how important shape really is in the game and um i i think i'm gonna have to talk about that in a future episode but uh welcome to start point the show about go for go fans away from the board and it's a new year and i did a little recap last year or the last episode that covered my previous year and how I made progress. I made a lot of good progress. And if you just look at the numbers, they're really impressive. Like I, I went from three Q Fox to one Don Fox and six Q OGS to three Q OGS uh, within the year. And that's, you know, I, I would say that's pretty, uh, a pretty significant improvement. But when you really look at the details, that improvement was concentrated in the first few months of the year. So I've actually been in a plateau most of this time. So I've been trying to do a lot of things, a lot of change-ups in my routine, and a lot of strategies to try to see if I can break past this plateau. No such luck yet. Uh, I have kind of slowed in my intensity for how much I'm trying to improve right now, but I'm going to try to pick it back up as the year begins and the year starts up again. And yet again, my goal this year is to hit the Don level rank. And that was actually my goal last year. And I was hoping to actually achieve that goal even sooner than the end of the year. 
but of course that didn't happen. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of did. I, I, I was a Fox one done by February. So, I mean, I, I kind of achieved that goal, but I do want to re- achieve OGS one done. And, and I think like my kind of goal I set for myself a long time ago was I would try to get Don level in like three different servers or something to just kind of really legitimize the uh, Don level, you know, rank. But if I want to become a Don player, I can't just say my new year's resolution is to become a Don player. And this is something I mentioned last episode. When you make a new year's resolution, you should hit some or set some practical goals and I don't really have any actions yet, but I think the way I'm going to go about it is to analyze what's wrong with my game first before I start setting goals, like doing Sumego every day or reviewing my games all the time. I'm going to go through my games from the past year and see how I've progressed and see where my weaknesses are. Maybe this is an idea that you can put into play as well. How are you losing your games? How has your style changed? What are your biggest weaknesses? And how can you work on those weaknesses? Maybe that's a way to inspire you to set up a training plan for yourself in order to improve at the game of Go. And while I was thinking about this goal of becoming a Don player, I'm also thinking, you know, what if I never reach Don player level? Plenty of players never reach the Don level. Is that okay? What if you never reach whatever your goal is, whether it's Don player, SDK, or whatever rank that you're aiming for? Is it okay if you never reach that goal? Is that okay to you? Well, I mean, of course it's okay. I can't say that it's not okay, but you know, it's it's hard to accept, right? If I knew, somehow knew that I would never become a Don player then it would really discourage me. It would not, you know, I would I would probably have to sit with that for a while and think, hmm, do I really want to keep spending time on this game? But I think we have to take a lot of things into perspective when we when it comes to how we approach the experience of this game. And the thing is that Go players, they always look down on themselves and up towards others. It's a beautiful way to look at the landscape of players because I think it's awesome to always strive for something higher, but it's also a little negative at times to constantly be down on yourself and say that you're not good at the game. And I I have a little bit of like an analogy and you know, I like analogies. It's like, it's like a, a dog that's chasing a squirrel and the squirrel scampers up the tree and the dog goes, man, like what? this sucks. Like I can't go up the tree and reach the squirrel. And it must be so nice to be a squirrel to be able to scamper up a tree so easily like that. And then the squirrel, meanwhile, is thinking, oh, I, I can get up to this part of the tree. But once I'm up here, I'm stuck. I can't go from tree to tree. There's a there's no way for me unless I go back down and I wish I was like a bird and the squirrel is looking at the birds flying in the sky saying, wow, I wish I could fly like that. Like, why can't I fly? And then the birds are flying around. They're, they're not looking down at the squirrels. They're looking up at the plane and going, how can they fly so high up? 
in the sky like that. I don't know what those things are, but they're so big and they're so like high up there. Like I, don't, I could never fly that high. Meanwhile, in the plane, there's a Go player thinking that they suck because they're a, you know, Q player. <laughs> and so it, it's just this endless cycle of looking towards stuff that you don't have. And I feel like that we, we should maybe de-emphasize the whole rank thing at times i think the rank thing is always it's always a good part of the game i think in terms like when all is said and done i really do like the whole concept of having a ranking system because it gives you a solid ladder to climb a set of milestones and goalposts because without it it's hard to really measure your success and the fact that you can climb up this measurable thing although you know these are often flawed systems but the fact that there is some way to kind of gauge your progress through this game is a beautiful thing and it's a part of the thing the game that i really love but at times it can be very overemphasized and so i think the thing is that with this game it's the spirit of improvement that is important not the actual rank that you're at I think the willingness to improve and the dedication to improve and all those other things that we do in order to progress is what the important thing actually is. The number is really just arbitrary. It's just a little number. And yes, it's very glorious to get a Don level ranking or if, to get nine Don ranking if you're if you're at that level. That, but that's... At the end of the day, it's just an arbitrary figure. So why exactly do we all want to get better at Go? I think one reason is that improving itself feels really good. Anyone who has been playing Go for a while and has surpassed certain levels that they've been stuck at and have realized that they've gotten better know the feeling of improvement and it feels really really good and it's indescribably good it's hard to explain what it feels like to have not known or understood something and then to have understood it it's like your consciousness expands it's an indescribable good feeling to improve at the game and it's an addictive feeling to always progress in that way but unfortunately as we progress in the game it becomes harder and harder to get that feeling uh, another reason why people might want might want to get better at go is that when you get better at go you are able to better appreciate the beauty of the game this probably applies to lots of things for example music and if you become better at playing a musical instrument you'll become better at noticing certain things about the music that is played and you'll be able to appreciate it more and there's no difference with the game of go and understanding the moves understanding concepts that are at play during the game they become richer and richer and the game just feels more fun and honestly it's one of the barriers to the game because when you first start the game it's hard to understand so much that it may not look so beautiful but once you start climbing that ladder 
And once you start improving and becoming a better Go player, you start seeing things in the board that you couldn't see before and you realize how much depth and mystery there is to the game. Another reason why we might want to get better at Go is that as a stronger Go player, you're able to better help people in your community by sharing your knowledge of the game. Stronger players are very valuable for this reason because every strong player is called to be a teacher in the game of Go. We all seek to learn from one another, but particularly from those who are stronger than us. And I don't know of any strong player who is not interested in sharing their wealth of knowledge with others. And I think that's also another beautiful, beautiful part of the game. But in the at the end of the day, the final big fat reason, elephant in the room reason of why we want to get better at Go may be just simply our egos. We love just having this title to ourselves. Oh, I'm a Dawn player. I'm a six Dawn player. I'm an XDK player. I'm a, you know, such and such rank player. It shows us our accomplishments and it feeds our ego. It's, I'm just going to be honest about it. It's, a, it's an ego thing. And um, I think a lot of people really, you know, treat their accomplishments this way. And it's not a bad thing. Uh, it's just natural for us to want that for ourselves to have this accomplishment attached to ourselves, it feels good. Um, but a little comment on the nature of wanting a certain rank or title because of your ego. A long time ago, I started working out at the gym for a few reasons. I wanted to have a nice body and I wanted to get a girlfriend. Those were pretty simple reasons to want to start working out. And I would kind of relate those reasons to kind of ego reasons. But as I started seriously working out and really incorporating exercise into my routine, I started noticing things that I didn't expect to like about working out. I just noticed that I felt good in general. I slept better. I felt like I was improving when I was going to the gym. I felt like I was just feeling a lot of different benefits. And these benefits kept me going. And those other initial reasons of getting a girlfriend, having a nice body, yes, those are nice things, but they kind of fell away and I started really just enjoying the workout for the sake of the workout. And I think it's similar in a way with Go. You may start by saying that you want a certain rank in Go, but as you play the game, as you start this strenuous journey to be a Don player, you may realize how much joy there is in the everyday experience of the game and the richness of the actual gameplay itself, the interactions you have with other people. There's all these other things that make Go worthwhile as an activity. And so I think I want to challenge all of you listeners to put aside the rank goal for just one second 
and think about your goals in terms of what are you trying to get out of this game if rank wasn't an issue. I feel like we may sometimes forget about those other things when we focus a little too much on trying to improve. I personally love Go because I feel like it is such a nice, serene, quiet experience, especially when I'm studying with a board. It's just like no other thing. But improvement is always going to be a very important thing for the game, and that's that's okay, but let's think about the other stuff for a while sometimes. All right, it's time for the DDK Advice Corner, and the tip of the day is to notice what higher-level games look like. Now, I'm not saying that you should go and study pro games 24-7, but every now and then, I encourage you to look over higher-level games, whether they're pro games or whether they're just several ranks above you, and just notice what the play looks like and just feel it. Because the the reason why I, I mentioned this tip is because the game I looked at today was between two DDKs and one of the DDKs played an iron pillar. If you don't know what that shape is, it's basically just you have your stone uh, on an intersection and your opponent plays something and you your response to that is to just stick another stone on top of, of the stone that you had and just creating like a little two stone pillar. And you know, there there may be a time and place for that kind of move but it's not really a common thing to see. And there's a reason for that. And I can't fully explain all the reasons. Of course, every stone you play is most likely going to have some value to it. And so obviously it's going to accomplish something. But there's a reason why we don't play certain moves that look quote-unquote weird. And so I would just challenge these players to maybe look at higher level games and notice, okay, no one's really playing that kind of move. So... I would say just try to use a little bit of your intuition and try to guess at what the higher level moves may look like in comparison to something that you want to play. Of course, you can take it too far by trying to copying higher level players too much to the point where you're playing things that you don't understand. But, you know, there is a little balance to be had with that. So that's just my quick tip of the day. Try to see what kind of shapes that higher level players might play and try to try to emulate those shapes until you understand them. Uh, I don't really have much Go news this week uh, other than a correction from uh, last time. I mistakenly said that Shin Jin faced Gu Hao in the semifinals of the 28th LG Cup when it was actually versus Ka Jie, and that was the video that Michael Redmond posted, a review of Shin Jin versus Ka Jie, not Gu Hao. And so with that, we're going to go directly into listener mail. Okay, so we got a lot of great comments for the Do Go Books Make You Stronger episode of Starpoint, episode number 18. So I'm going to try to go through a large chunk of them. But uh, before I do that, I wanted to give out a special thanks to Sanguinarian Phoenix on Reddit for posting that episode when I was late in doing so. Thank you so much. Uh, It's awesome to see someone pick up the slack. 
Um, James writes in, Hey, loving the podcast. Just wanted to mention that I recently discovered and read Go With The Flow by Cho Eun-yeon and loved it. It is basically his life story and such an interesting look into the life of a Go player from childhood through the very peak of the Go world. I wish there were more English language Go player biographies. If you know of any, please share. Unfortunately, I don't know of any others, but I will definitely have to check that one out because Cho Eun-yeon is one of my favorite players and I would love to know more about him, so I'll have to look that up and see if I can read that. James continues to write, Also, not sure if you are into New Year's resolutions, but I am an absolute sucker for them. Not sure if they ever really come to fruition, but it is just something I like to think about at the beginning of the year. This year for me, it is showdown in 2024. Again. <laughs> are you into resolutions of this sort? Anything you are working towards next year? Thanks for the podcast. Well, thanks for writing in, James. And if you've listened to the last episode, I am, you know, how, you know my feelings about New Year's resolutions. Uh, not really a huge fan of them, but I am trying to see if I can come up with something for Go so I can motivate myself a little more to see if I can improve. And just like you, it is showdown in 2024 again. So maybe one of us at least will accomplish that goal this year. Thanks for writing in, James. And Triton Paduk has written in uh thanks triton for writing in if you don't know triton is also a content creator i mentioned back in the content creator episode as well uh, he has some great videos up on youtube just look up triton paduk he writes you already mentioned my favorite book the fundamental principles of go and why it is good if i had to choose another it is difficult because they are out of print so they are much harder to find if you can find it, I highly recommend Tsuji and Anti-Suji of Go by Sakada Io. It is about common bad moves and the proper Tsuji slash good moves you should be playing instead. Probably closer to the idea of the How Not to Play Go book you mentioned. Um, that sounds like a really interesting book that I would really love to read. It sucks that so many great Go books are out of print or they're just not translated. Um, but I'm going to scour the internet to see if I can find that one because um, I did not go wrong with your first recommendation of the fundamental principles of Go. Um, so I will, and, and it also sounds really interesting to see someone explain why certain moves are bad because I just don't think that a lot of Go books explain that part of Go. Uh, Triton also writes, anything you can do to expose yourself to new moves and ideas is important and that's why I would recommend people to read books and watch videos or games as much as you can in your free time. In that regard, I find books to be essential to getting better, but you are right in that you can't just read any book and expect to be a stone stronger. Uh, you might have a point there in a certain way, although I do say a lot that uh, books are not really the way to the fastest improvement i still read a lot of them and i can't really tell how much that really played into my improvement and i'm sure that being exposed to all these ideas definitely had some hand in to me getting where i got so um, i can't say I, I completely disagree with that either so thanks for writing in Tart triton viov is cool 12 writes what I started with after learning the rules was Graded Go Problems for Beginners, Volumes 1 to 4. I'm currently on Volume 4, and I've been working through these books my whole Go journey. That strengthened my local problem solving quite a bit. I also read Fundamental Techniques of Go and the second book of Go. 
the, bu the book is actually called The Second Book of Go, which helped me, which helped fill out my general knowledge of the game and provided context for the graded Go problems. These are what I'd recommend to beginners. Um, yes, I, I would have to agree based on what I've seen for graded Go problems for beginners because I don't have those books. Uh, I feel like I'm either felt like they were too, um, they were too easy for my level, at least the first couple volumes, and or I, I just didn't find those books on, while I was at that level. Um, but I flipped through a little bit, and those books definitely seem like some really good ones for understanding very fundamental things for beginners. Vivo is cool, uh, continues to write. Right now, I'm reading Making Good Shape by Bozilich which has been very helpful in training me to look for good shape and has given me a greater understanding of good moves and more nebulous and open positions. I wouldn't recommend it to complete beginners though. Um, that sounds like another great recommendation. It's, it's crazy how many books there are out there. I, this is, these comments are not helping me curb my go book addiction. I really want to get all these books now that you guys are mentioning. Um, continuing on, I do think books can make you stronger, but I'd agree that books on their own are a much slower teacher. While they help me a lot and are my main learning resource, videos of Go classes sped along my development immensely. Nick Sabicki's videos in particular were extremely helpful and I'd highly recommend them to every beginner. Yes, um, they're, they're slow teachers. That's definitely a thing. It's where like when you read a, a chapter of a book it's like it takes very long i think for that thing to sink in and you do have to apply yourself but and, and, uh, i i know from experience but so thanks for writing in vivo is cool 12 uh Viov is cool um fun possible 4592 writes as someone who learned go almost 20 years ago now I basically learned to play Go through books. My brother taught me to play in college. I didn't have really any way to play other than on Go servers. My first time playing anyone else in person was a year or two later at the Kotsen Open where I entered as a 10K, which, KG, which KGS rank, or which was my KGS rank, and then proceeded to crush most of the competition in my division because I didn't know there would be a ranking difference. Oh, so you basically sandbagged by accident. That's cool. <laughs> uh, continuing, for me, books were important for learning Joseki, how to extend, move to the center, etc. I haven't read my Go books in many years, so I don't have a favorite, but I want to say that my first books were the Janus Kim series. I found them really good for a beginner, and now that I've started teaching my children to play, I really wish I still had them. The books I do have are all too advanced for beginning players. That being said, I don't think books are as important as learning to learning because of the internet. There are so many good YouTube channels and ways of finding in-person Go groups and forming groups that you can learn the fundamentals and principles of Go without needing to use books. Thanks for doing this podcast. Well, you're very welcome and thanks for writing in. And I think you've said a lot of interesting and important things about books. Like, it seems that everyone who's read the books kind of agree that books won't like immediately make you stronger but it's like all these people who are passionate about learning and improving have read books and so you know maybe there is something to to the whole book thing and like like i said like it's not like there's no value it's just it's very slow and there's a lot of other things that will ramp up your improvement, I think, than go books. But 
Go books, sometimes maybe a necessary medicine for, for Go players to take. Thanks for rating in again. Uh, Neo121288 writes, Thank you for your update on the handicap game statistics. Very strange numbers originally. Glad they are now making sense. Regarding reading, I actually close my eyes when I have to read a sequence. I don't even look away. I read two sequences at least, although I'm only an SDK myself. Um, yes, I, absolutely no problem on the the handicap game statistics. Those were bothering me as well, so I had to you know go back and look and see what see what was up. Um, regarding the reading, uh, yes, closing eyes, looking away. I think I think I've done that as well. I think I've um, closed my eyes to read as well. It's funny, um, you would never expect that to be the way to do it until you've experienced it. But I, I know, like, that when I close my eyes, I can imagine sequences, but then I'll have to open them and check again. Um, thanks for sharing your experience, uh, Neo. Uh, Billiant Resource has written in again for the podcast. Hey, love this episode. I have a real love and hate relationship with the lessons in the fundamentals of Go. On one hand, I think this is the best book of all. On the other hand, I feel constantly offended by the author by telling me that this is so easy. He doesn't write this, but it feels like that for me. Still, this is very worth reading. As you said probably for a beginner, this is way too hard. But I think the author literally sparks with enthusiasm, which is probably good for beginners to read just to get the vibe. Yeah, I know. He, like, at these certain moments in the book, he just just says it's so easy and it's like okay if you're talking to if you have if you're like running an sdk class or something maybe he can say there's those things but like people are often recommended this book and ddk players pick up this book and they read things like this is so easy this is so simple and this guy is a pro and he doesn't even he probably doesn't even remember being a ddk he probably like <laughs> probably was born an sdk and it's yeah it's 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 kind of funny though it's it's like you don't really get mad because he's just so funny when he writes it's just it's it's um like i can see why it's recommended so much but there's all those things i said in the other episode so go and listen if you don't know what i'm talking about anyway uh continuing on anyway i'm still so grateful for your podcast love it greetings from snowy austria martin P.S. How about an episode on the different Go servers and cultures playing on them? For me, these servers feel really different playing. Um, thanks for the idea, uh, Martin. It's um, something I, I think I'll, I will definitely tackle in a future episode. I'll, I'll need to uh, explore some of the other servers, though, because I'm mostly only familiar with Fox, TyGem, and OGS, and it's been a while since I've been on TyGem. But thanks for the idea. Rach has also written in, My main recommendation for beginners would be Opening Theory Made Easy by Otake. That's Hideo Otake, by the way, a professional Japanese pro. Uh, it also contains many chapters about good shape and general strategy. Thanks for writing in, Rach. Um, I have flipped through that book, and I can tell right away that that one's a good one. It really, If you want to know what to do in the opening, like the very beginning of the game and the very basic principles the book um fundamental principles of go the one recommended by triton that one goes over this as well but opening theory made easy is like a like um 
it, it focuses on the opening and it really abstracts that knowledge. And if that's the part of the game that interests you and you want to know, know the basics of, that is a good recommendation. I can tell just by, you know, what I flipped through in the book. Uh, Ake607 says, great episode as always. That will be different for everybody, but for me, books were an essential part of my learning. I wouldn't be where I am without them. One book I'll recommend to every beginner is Opening Theory Made Easy. Oh, another recommendation for this otake book. Uh, no joke, this book made me win 10 stones when I started. For example, the principle saying you shouldn't attach to weak stones. I'm sure that after 50 games I could have figured it out. But all it took instead was a few pages and a few examples and boom, lots, a lot of situations instantly got easier. Um, yeah, that, you know, it seems that books were an essential part of a lot of people's learning. So maybe I was a little too harsh in my last episode. Um, but I think the point is that we have to immerse ourselves in go culture whether we do it through books or videos or going out to clubs it's important to just be part of the conversation and go because at some point you need to learn that you shouldn't attach to weak stones and you're not going to do that unless someone tells you that if if you just keep playing games and doing problems again and again and again you'll take a very long time to learn such a principle as that but Hey, you're listening to this podcast, so you're you're already part of that. You're already immersing yourself in Go culture, and so if you didn't know, hey, don't attach to weak stones. Um, and maybe you know if that's the type of thing that you want to figure out, read that book, Opening Theory Made Easy. Um, Ake six oh seven also writes, and this was just an example. My point is that this kind of principle is the most important to a beginner because there are things you could just cannot figure out on your own, no matter how obvious it appears to a Don player. The fact that you should use walls to fight and not to build territory. The fact that there are more points in the corners and the side than in the center, and so on. When I play against DDK players and I look at their history, I see the same mistake again and again. And although the punishment is obvious to me, it's not to them. All it takes is someone to say, look what you did, it caused that result and it's not good. Um, yeah, it's that's like the hardest thing though, because when you read that you should use walls to fight, I think, I think the thing is that my feeling was that I read something like that and sure, that, that's essential knowledge, but it, it really didn't click for me personally to know what that really meant just by reading it and seeing a couple of examples. It took me playing a lot of games to understand, sorry, not you shouldn't use walls to fight. You should use walls to fight and not to build territory. It took me playing a lot of games and before that really clicked. But maybe it's the fact that I read that earlier on that I was looking out for it and that I was seeing how to apply that principle in my games. So um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Like it's, it's hard to really pinpoint the source of improvement. And um, if, if uh, go, go books are gonna do that for you, then maybe go books are the way to go. But I just, I just don't think that people should spend a lot of time on go books um, and, and think that that's gonna improve their play immediately. Finally, Ake also writes, as so as for my favorite go books, I'd say opening theory made easy. 
I'm also a big fan of problems books. One I would, could recommend that is often overlooked is opening and middle game problems for Q players. These problems do not focus on life and death, but on direction of play, how to identify weak groups, how to spot the larger areas of the board, how to find the big and urgent moves, etc. This book also made me progress a lot. Well, thanks so much for your recommendations. I'll have to check those other ones out. I have not heard of those ones. And okay, I'm going to I'm going to try not to get too many of these books that you guys recommended and try to keep my addiction to buying go books that I won't read at bay. Um, but hey, look, looks like we got some counterpoints here in the comments. So uh, that's that's good to see if you think that go books help then read Go Books because it's really fun to read Go Books. I personally enjoy reading Go Books for the sake of reading Go Books, even though I feel like they won't help my game very much. Uh, for the question of the, the week, uh, are you okay with not reaching your goals? And how important are your goals to you? Comment wherever you're listening or shoot an email to starpointpaduk at gmail.com. That's starpointpaduk at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Keep playing Go.